All right, y'all. So I'm back with another episode. I know I took a long break, but here I am. Um, the start of the year, I kind of told y'all I was going to be like some more spacing this out, but I didn't intend for it to be a two month period <laughs> in between each episode. But just going forward, I'm not going to have a consistent schedule because I don't ever like to force an episode. So if the Lord doesn't really like put something on my heart prompted to speak it about, I'm not going to force it. And that's just kind of where I've been. I haven't really felt prompted to speak on anything. I still have things I want to talk about, but none of them have seemed like the thing that he's pushing me to talk about. Um, but eventually he will, because that's how God works. It's all in his timing. Everything's his timing. So I just want to encourage all, though, and say if you enjoyed this podcast, uh, don't worry. I'm not. The podcast is not done. Even if I take multi-month breaks, the podcast still exists until I make an episode. I will make an episode telling y'all the podcast is done if i ever decide to end this if that's what the lord has me do i will make an episode saying like hey thank y'all for everything goodbye but that is not this episode and it's hopefully not any episode anytime soon there just might be breaks there's not going to be a consistent schedule so i highly recommend whatever podcast platform or music platform or whatever you listen to this on please subscribe so that way um or follow whatever the way of doing it is on the app you use just do that because that's going to be the best way to keep up with me because I'm going to be pretty inconsistent in my schedule. So uh, that's the best way to do it. But hey, I'm back and that's all that matters. Um, so what I wanted to talk about today, though, is the importance of church community because arguably the church community is one of the most important things that God has given us. And it's could be considered the con most important thing that he's given us to be a part of. Because the church is the body of Christ, and the church community is going to be all those people who are in the body of Christ. And I want to speak really on today the importance of church community, but not in the sense of the grand church. You know, people will always use that like, oh, I'm part of the body of Christ, so I'm part of the community, which is true. But I want to speak about the local church, because I think the local church is one of the most important things that you can have in your life and that God has put in our lives to help us and through life is the local church. And one huge disservice that really came from the pandemic, you know, that we dealt with for the last whatever years or whatever. And uh, one huge disservice that came from it, but honestly, this was going on way before the pandemic. It's just the pandemic gave people a cop out um, is that people have got comfortable just watching church online and like on Sunday or whenever they watch it, they probably don't even watch it on Sunday. Some of them, they just watch it when they get around to it. They'll watch a sermon. But people have gotten comfortable thinking that that is church and thinking that that's the same as going to church and being in a community. But I want to like hard say this as hard as I can. That is not the same thing. Like I'm going to repeat that. It is not the same thing. Just watching a sermon online is nowhere near the same thing as being a part of a church community that's not what god intended for us like it's not the same thing and if you think it is you're you're lying to yourself i might be a little harsh in this episode because this is just coming from a, a a place in my heart that you know gets frustrated but i'm going to try to say as civil as i can throughout this whole episode but there's three main points of interest i guess we could talk about as to why i think the physical community church body is important and the three points are, I'm going to go, go over each one, but I'm just going to let you know, preface with what they are, is pastors, like your pastor is uh, one of the most important points. Um, and evangelism practice, 
and I'll get into that, and neighborly love. Like those three things are really three important parts of the local church community. So my first point being pastors, your pastor. And I have two things I want to say about that, about pastors. So there's two sub points here. And the first point is a question, which is, and I may have mentioned this before, but I mentioned it again. It's been a while. Um, but the, the first thing is a question, which is, who is your favorite pastor? The answer to that question should be your local church pastor. Now, this isn't a question I came up with with this answer and everything. There's actually this YouTube page called Wretched, or Wretched, however you want to say it. Uh, I highly recommend it. I like the guy's channel. But um, and I can't think of his name. He's probably a really famous pastor for all I know. But he did a whole video. It's probably a year ago now. I'm not sure if it was that long ago exactly. But sometime in the past year or two, um, he did a video about how your favorite pastor should be your local church's pastor. Like that is who your favorite, when someone asks you who your favorite pastor is, it should be your pastor. And he did a great video on it. Um, highly recommend it. Again, the YouTube channel is called Wretched, like W-R-E-T-C-H-E-D. Uh, you can find the video on there and just follow his channel. It's good. But the point he was making was this, that yes, there are plenty of big name pastors that we can love and listen to, but our favorite should be our own. Because, you know, I, I've got a lot of big name pastors I like. Like, you know, I'm a huge John Piper fan. Uh, I like Alan Parr. And, you know, the list could go on just with, like, all these people that I like. But they should not be my favorite. They should be ones I really like. But they should not be my favorite. My favorite should be Matt Dixon, which he is. He's my uh, pastor right now. And I love him as a person and as a pastor and as a godly man that's been a great influence in my life with the short time I've known him. But the reason your pastor should be your favorite is because you should be pouring into your own pastor's life. You should be praying for your pastor. You should be getting to know your pastor on more than just a who speaks on the pulpit level. You should know him as a human being, as a Christian, know his struggles, know his wants, his loves, his joys, all these things. You should know those. And your own pastor, in turn, should know who you are. And he should be praying for you and if all that's the case, if y'all are both praying for each other, getting to know each other, creating more than just like this student-teacher union, you're creating a true relationship. If you're doing that, they're going to become your friend and they're going to be your favorite pastor because you know them on a deep level. You know them more than just the 45-minute sermon they put out each week. You know who they actually are, not who they pretend to be, not who they show themselves off to be on the internet. You know who they are. And that's why you really need to have that relationship, and that will make them your favorite. But um, the second re reason related to pastors is kind of counterintuitive, but we're talking about church, not pastors. You should be connected to your church so that when a pastor potentially leaves for another church or retires or whatever, you don't leave as well. So the second thing about pastors is basically saying don't let pastors be the reason you are going to church. The church should be the reason you are going to church because a pastor may not be there forever. They may, but if, depending on if the pastor's older than you, they may die. Like, let's just be real. They may die before you um, die and you would need to stay at that church. Because, example, two years ago is when my church's old pastor retired and he had been our pastor for 27 years. So at the time I was, you know, 28. So literally even before I started going to the church, but I was only a year old when he started uh, pastoring at church or my church. So that was the pastor everyone knew. 
And when he left, I will, I was very thankful for my church because the majority of the congregation did stay. But when he retired, there was still a good bit of people who went looking for other churches. And I honestly found this really strange because in my head, I thought about social anxiety that I have. And I found it strange that people were like, oh, well, if we're going to have to find a new pastor, might as well find a new church. And I was like, well, wouldn't it be better to at least like already know your church family and then just have to bring a new guy in rather than meeting a whole new church family and a whole new pastor? Like, I'd rather just already know the people I'm at. But that showed me, you know, some people left on good reason. Like, you know, his family went with him and stuff like that to his new church. So I'm not talking about those people. Uh, I want to make that clear. There were people who left for legitimate reasons. Um, but the people who left just because they were like, oh, what's there's change going on. We're just going to leave anyways. That just showed me that the church community meant nothing to them because when the, once the pastor was gone, they immediately just haven't been part of any of our lives for the past two years. And the church community should be at a much higher value than the pastor himself. And your pastor should be teaching that. Your pastor should be teaching you that the community of the church is far more important than himself. Like, if your pastor is saying that he's more important than the church community, then that's a red flag, and maybe you should go find another church. But the church community and the body that you are surrounded with, of uh, the believers and just the body of Christ, that is what's important. So my second point overall um, this is again, another thing I'm kind of stealing. I kind of stole the, the thing from wretched and this isn't one I'm stealing again. And this one was actually in uh, if you don't listen to ask pa- pastor John podcast, highly recommend it. I'm a huge John Piper fan. It's kind of funny. I would say he's my like favorite big name pastor, but he's a hardcore Calvinist, which I am not. Um, so it's kind of funny that like, I love him so much considering on that one thing we, uh, disagree strongly. Um, I know I've never really gotten into my Calvinist versus non Calvinist beliefs, but uh, that's not for this episode. Those of you in real life, you can ask me about it. Um, it's too controversial for me to want to really get into it. But um, anyways, my second point is something he said in this recent episode where someone asked if they would go to hell if they never evangelized. And he made a point I never even thought about, which he brought up that the you know um, Greek word evangelism, which is, you know, I can't remember how the word's actually said in Greek, but the word that that comes from just means to share the good news. And he pointed out that a lot of us think that to share the good news means it has to be with non-believers. But sharing the good news just means sharing the good news. That means with any and everybody. So my second point of why church community is good is it's a good way to practice evangelism. Because evangelism is scary to do. Like Anyone who's even got 1% introvert in them knows that sharing anything is scary enough, but let alone something as um, big as our faith. Like, it's so weird that this is the most important thing for us to do, but fear of the world can lead us to not uh, evangelize and to not tell people why we follow Jesus and why we believe what we believe. But it is. Let's just be honest. It's scary to do. We all are pretty bad at it, um, including myself. But one way to get better at anything, and especially evangelizing, is to practice. And what better way to practice than to talk to people who believe the same thing? So you can use your church community as a way to practice evangelism. You can be sharing what Jesus has done for you with people who already know how good Jesus is. And when you continually make that a part of that kind of speech, a part of your routine and your vocabulary, it becomes second nature to just put God and his greatness and his glory and all the good things he does for you. It just becomes second nature for that to be a part of your speech to where when you go to talk to people, you don't even have to think about it as evangelism. You're just glorifying God. 
and you can just sit there and talk to people, non-believers and believers alike, just to be like, hey, I'm so glad God did this for me, and who, I'm so glad I trusted the Lord and have allowed him to just be a part of my life in this way. And what better way to practice it than just with people who are already on the same page as you? Like, it's just, that's such a good thing that I had never even thought about until I heard that episode. Um, so shout out to John Piper on that episode. But yeah, just use your church body as a way to practice evangelism. And the third and main point um, really is just neighborly love. Like the, the church body is just neighborly love on a whole different level. And there's two takeaways from that I wanted to talk about. The first is that in a church body, you're going to have many different people with many different jobs, many different talents, many different connections. And with all that in like a bundle, that can lead you to getting help in life in ways you didn't even think was possible. Like I think of a good example is like one of my best friends, they were buying a house and, you know, buying a house is tricky. And like right before like some final stuff was needed, they needed a like inspector to come and sign something off. You know, that's not something you can just easily get. But thankfully, there's a guy at our church and that's his entire thing. So he came out there that day, signed off on the stuff. So, you know, that community of knowing someone at church with this special skill, this special talent, this special job literally saved the day for them. And it's actually kind of funny to me, too, because I was, I'm a huge Joe Rogan fan. I think I've mentioned that before. And just, I know he's not Christian, religious in the least bit. Um, so, you know, some of you might have an uh, issue with me listening to Joe Rogan. But, hey, that's that's between you and the Lord. And uh, this is between me and the Lord, whether or not I listen to Joe Rogan or not. But um, one thing, I, I can't remember who he had on there, but he was talking to them about Christians. And, you know, he's like I said, he's not the least bit religious at all. But he was actually talking about how jealous he was that Christians – have this church community because even he as a non-believer and someone not in the church could see how much connections the community of a church did because he knows people who are Christians and he would just be like, wow, it's so crazy how whenever they just need something, this whole community comes around, supports them, gets them through this tragedy, helps them through this, is able to help them out in all these ways that a lot of the world is just missing. So it's just so funny to me. It's like, if that's so obvious to someone who is not even part of the church community, how much more obvious should that be to us as people who are part of the church body, like the church community? Like we should be able to see, like we shouldn't just join a church community, obviously to get these connections, but those connections just come there because if you love each other as neighbors in this community, you're just going to help each other out because you, that's your brother, that's your sister, that's your whoever. You're going to sit there and do whatever you can to help them because we're all in this together as this one unit with the goal of Christ. And the second point with the neighborly love thing is, you know, we live in an increasingly, increasingly secular world, especially here in America. You know, forever America was portrayed as a Christian nation, even if it may have been kind of falsely that way. But now we're definitely not like the majority of people are not religious in America. And, you know, you, you can see all these polls they do and stuff like that. But a lot of people just say they're a Christian because that's just what they think being American is but when it comes to like church attendance and all this kind of stuff like the numbers are the numbers don't lie like the majority of Americans are not active Christians so with that we, we live in an increasingly secular world and with that we need to be surrounded as best as we can by others who share the goal of Christ and I don't just mean your immediate family like it you're someone who's watching a sermon at home every week and you're like well I've got my family here and they're uh you know they're they're we're all good christian people we hanging out it's like okay that's cool but that's a lie like if you think your family is good enough like the four people in your household that's just a lie and you know you're lying to yourself you know you need more than that because if we're being honest family is tough <laughs> and like if we're just expecting our like immediate family to hold us together that's whew, 
uh, that's not a good idea. I, I mean, I love my family. I, I have been very blessed with one of the best families in the world, like bar none. But yeah, that's just a lie. If you think you're just like immediate home family is good enough, like that's just ridiculous. But even still, even if they were this like perfect family who are the best Christians uplift you, compared to how many people you see in your daily week, that's such a small number of people. And they probably a majority of the people you see throughout a week, unless you just work in a church-based thing, probably the majority of the people you see are not Christian. And then I also just want to say, like, what if you are someone who's saying, like, your church or your family is like your church community is like, what do y'all do when that counts as church communities? Just listening to the sermon um, cause if that's, that's all your church community is with your like immediate family on that one day week, y'all watch it. That's not church community. That's just watching a sermon together. But I think about just like how many people we interact with in our daily weeks that are not Christian and how we need to have a balance where we have the church community and Christians around us to keep us in check, keep us in line, keep us pointed toward, towards God in all things. Because I think about this own example in my own life. Just a few weeks ago, I went to California for a, a work trip. We were there for a convention. And with being out there, we were there uh, Monday through Sunday. So because of that, I had to miss a week of church. But then also the people I was out of town with, love them to death, they're, they're people I work with, but none of them are believers. They're all unbelievers and have um, Lord's working on them. Uh, I'm hopeful that one day maybe they'll open have their eyes open but that's in the lord's hands um so you know not only was i in la because that's where i was in california which let's just be honest is a especially compared to you know i live in east tennessee which is a very christian area so being in la it's like you know i only saw like two churches the entire time i was out there whereas i have like seven on my street so you know it's it's vastly different um i don't want to say there's no christians in la because that would be wrong of me to say but it's very less Christian. So I was in a very less Christian area with unbelievers, staying with unbelievers all day. Didn't actively meet anyone that I could tell was a Christian the entire time I was out there. Um, and because of that, I could feel that. I could feel that I was like a sheep in a pack of wolves. Like, you know what I mean? Like, not that they were like purposely trying to pull me down, but I could feel my lack of community. I could feel my lack of other like-minded people being around me and you know I've been very gracious and thankful to the Lord and all he's done for me like I didn't live like the worst life but my early 20s was definitely full of a lot of um, substance abuse and things like that and just bad ways of thinking that the Lord has pulled me out of and you know I've talked about it before on here like I have an issue with cussing I've been working really hard on that but you know what when I was out there that week there was temptation there was temptations for I'll, I'll just being honest, like a lot of the people I was with were just like, look at the women kind of things. And I was having to work really hard to not do that. And, you know, being around these people who were just cussing nonstop, I will admit, I was probably cussing way more than I, not even probably, I was cussing way more than I should have been. And it was just one of those things where it was like, there was a lack of discipline just beating at my door. The enemy was just banging on me, just trying to get me to fall back into these old ways. And that was just with a week of being away from a church body, like being away from my, my family, my like not having that support system around me. So the point of me saying all that and being honest with y'all about that, so the point is this is like you're absolutely kidding yourself if you think watching a sermon online once a week is good enough because we are commanded to be in church community for these reasons because the church community community will keep you in check. They will keep you disciplined. They will keep you um, 
Like they will ask you, how are you doing? How is these struggles doing? How is so-and-so going? Like they will pray for you and you can do the same for them. You can pray for them. You can keep them in check. That's what we are supposed to do as the church body. And I also want to say, not obviously, this is not aimed at the elderly. You know, the people who are elderly or like have a legit sickness. Um, some people use sickness in a way that I could go on a rant about, but some people have legit sicknesses to where they cannot show up to church and or to elderly. But so this is not about you. You are fine. You are <laughs> there is commands in the Bible that we as a church body should come to you and visit you and bring the community to them. So you are not this is not to you elderly folk. This is to the people who are perfectly capable of being a part of the church body and are not. But there's a verse that sums all this up. You probably heard it before. It's Hebrews. It's technically two verses. Um, Hebrews 10, chapter 10, uh, 24 through 25, which says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see today drawing near. Like the most important part of there, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some. Don't make that your habit. Don't make that your habit of not meeting together because we are not to neglect meeting together. And I think that verse sums it all up. Like, get involved with a church. Like, you have to be involved with a church. Like, that is a command. A command. Not a suggestion. A command from God. And I'm going to end this on a kind of a harsh statement, but I'm going to say it because I, I feel like it needs to be said. If you're one of those people who has tried numerous churches, or so you say, because I have many people tell me when I invite them to church, and they'll be like, oh, I've tried lots of churches. They're all just bad. Or all the ones I go to are just so judgmental. All the ones, yada, yada, yada. If you're one of those people, I have news for you, and you're not going to like it. It's maybe the churches aren't the problem. Maybe you're the problem. Because there is a chance that 50% of the churches you've tried are what you think they are. They're these judgmental, false churches. But if every single church you've tried, either you've not tried that many, or if every, if you've tried a bunch and every single one is bad, horrible people, and they have all these false teaching and all this, then I'm going to suggest some inner reflection. Because if that's the case, I think you may be the problem. I think you need to go to the Lord and ask to be shown what is causing you to see these churches this way. Because there is statistically no way every church can be bad like i can suggest some good churches for you if you're in my area but if you're not i mean i don't know every area but again if every single church is it, it may not be a church problem it may be a heart problem of your own and i pray for you and i hope that you come to the lord and get that figured out because again being a part of the body of christ is something we are have to do like if we bring Jesus in our life, we are a part of his body. But to be a part of his body means we have to be around the body because we're going to spend all eternity there. Like if you believe in Jesus, if you believe what he said, that he's coming again, that he's going to take us up with him into heaven and give us a way to the father. If you believe that we will be in eternity with these people in the church body. So if you have an issue with every single church body person on earth and you can't find one, like you're going to be with those people in eternity. So get some stuff figured out. <laughs> Because this is an important command, 
and not a suggestion. This is a command to be a part of your church body, a church community, and to love your church community, to thrive, to pour into your church community, and let your church community pour into you. It is not a suggestion. And that's just my take, but I'm not a pastor.